Elberg is a small trading town on the east slopes of the Cascades, one more fly-speck outpost in the wasteland of the west. Here, a few hundred people do their best to scratch out a living and keep marauders at bay. Each of you has a different reason to be in Elberg, but at sunset you're summoned to the Dean's Hall to talk business with Dean Grady, Elberg's head man. A man with shoulder-length gray hair wearing a long leather coat and a pair of manacles is half-escorted, half-dragged down the main walkway by a pair of deputies. As he's walking, he reaches over, grabs the beer out of a constituent and sitting in one of the bench's hands, downs the whole thing in one swift gulp, throws the cup aside, keeps walking. Dean Grady is a gray-bearded old chieftain who used to be a professor in the old world. He greets you, then gets right to the point. Spokane radios for help this morning. They've got an outbreak of the shaking plague and a fire at Gonzo University just destroyed their last stores of vaccine. We still have some, and if we send them a few vials, the Gonzo docks can make enough to save a lot of lives and stop the outbreak in its tracks. <laughs> They'll also pay us a king's ransom in guns, ammo, batteries, and salvage for our serum. But only if we get them the vaccine. So here's the deal. I need you to make the run to Spokane because you're the toughest bastards in town. It's 170 miles down the old highway across the Scablands. You'll have the bus and all the gas you need. A voice appears from the shadow in the corner smoking the cigar. I would appreciate you calling my motor vehicle by her given name. Her name is Abigail, and you will treat her with the respect earned. Yeah. It's going to be dangerous, because that's right through the middle of Marauder territory. We think that's a gamble worth taking. He looks at the man in manacles and just kind of smirks. You in? If I do this for you, you going to give me back my cargo and my boat? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll do you one better. I'll give you a pardon. Give you back your boat and your cargo. That sound good to an old river pirate like you? Sounds like the only option I got. You're right. You better hope the people from Elberg vouch for you, because I ain't taking your word for it. What about you, Doc? You need me, and you need Abigail. <laughs> All right. Well, in case you're going to be heading out in the morning, is there anything else you need to know about this uh, this journey? I just need to know the coordinates and all the gasoline that you can supply. You'll have your gas and your map. Unshackle that old uh, drunkard. Give him his gear back. If he tries to run, shoot him. Now get out of my sight. You leave for, You leave at dawn. Jack starts walking down the bank. I've never run from a fight in my life. While anyone was looking. <laughs> These are stories of how we ended the world. These are the lives of the few that remain. These are the times where life is cheap and bullets, bullets are precious. These are fortunes untold. Welcome to Fortunes Untold. I'm Davery. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chad. And this week we're going to be reviewing Alternity. Is that? That is correct. I'm going to be running the Thunder Run adventure for Alternity 2017. Now, what this actually is, is the, I guess you could call it the second edition or the new edition of what used to be TSR's Alternative from 1998. It's the Bobby Brown, the Bell, the Biv, the DeVoe. <laughs> right. Well, essentially what happened is the line was canceled 
It had several campaign settings, a fair, uh, fair few supplements, and it was fairly popular in its own right. I mean, obviously it wasn't Dungeons & Dragons, but, you know. Uh, the line was canceled, and what has happened is the trademark and the original name, as I understand it, has run out. Okay. So some of the original creators picked it up and kickstarted uh, a new version of Alternity in 2017. And it was just released uh, this year in 2018 at Gen Con. Uh -huh. And Thunder Run is the first adventure that they have put out for it beyond uh, a very basic sort of intro adventure that they had put out to the Kickstarter backers. So this is fairly close to brand spanking new. Pretty close, yeah. Um, so only really, other than preview editions, you know, only a few months old. And Alternity, i got to be honest, the original Alternity was actually one of my favorite sci-fi games back in the day. Now, Alternity is really more of a... I won't say it's a universal system, but it is meant to cover multiple genres. So, for example, Thunder Run is a post-apocalyptic style adventure, but Alternity as a whole rule set is not specifically post-apocalyptic. The original version covered modern conspiracy horror, far future sci-fi, uh, and post-apocalyptic sort of gonzo with Gamma World. So it sort of runs a gamut. So I'm interested to see uh, how the new edition does with this. All right. So kind of it, as, as long as it had some level of weird tech, it was good to go? More or less. I mean, I did run, I gotta admit, I did run a, a brief attempt to do a sort of medieval or fantasy game with it because the original did actually have magic and psychic rules and whatnot. Um, and I found it for a D&D &D style game, it was probably a little lethal. Mm -hmm. the, the system's not super lethal, but it's definitely more so than Pathfinder or D&D. &D. Uh, that adventure, I think, ended with the entire party being hacked to death by a town guard with a halberd. So, you know. Ah, town guards. <laughs> They're very dangerous. That's Did right. they attack a chicken? <laughs> this is not Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Skyrim. They made it three adventures. <laughs> they wouldn't have made it that far with a chicken attack. And there were no arrows to the knee. So the core mechanic is... Slightly different than the original core mechanic. The original alternative was a roll low system. So you wanted to roll as low as possible, with one being the absolute best you could do. Pretty much the, the polar opposite to D&D. &D. Right. Uh, and there were gradations of success. Alternative 2017 has sort of kept the same thing, except it's now a roll high system. You're attempting to essentially beat your skill score, which is your ability plus skill. Uh, subtracted from 20. Since you ran it a few times, was there any sort of advantage to a roll low system or was it just check us out, we're not Dungeons and Dragons? I think the primary advantage to it was probably for people that just couldn't roll high to save their lives. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be great for me. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> say personally, I couldn't say enough about the math to say that statistically it made any difference. I can't imagine that it did. I mean, it, you know, assuming a relatively average D20, I can't imagine that rolling low is that much different than rolling high. So what you're saying is either Baker or Noonan was a low roller in their D&D &D game, and they're like, by God, I'm going to make my own rules with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I know I had a couple of players that absolutely loved it for exactly that reason. <laughs> so, you know. But in, essentially, again, it's now a roll high system, but it's almost identical in that respect, except they've just flipped it. Okay. So, so. Uh, difficulty is generally... All you're trying to do is, at a base level, all you're trying to do is match your skill score. So, for example, your skill score is a 12. You want to roll a 12 or better. Now, there are gradients of success. If you roll, for example, if your skill score is 12, you roll 12, that's an average success. You succeeded, wasn't spectacular, but you didn't fail. If you rolled a 17, which is, to say, five more than an average, that's an exceptional success. So you succeeded and got some added bonus in that. 
So, for example, in combat, you would get extra damage. If you were doing, say, hacking, perhaps you get you get things arranged just a little bit better. You get some sort of advantage. Like you're trying to arrange a meeting with an executive and you're trying to hack his calendar. Well, not only do you arrange the meeting, you cancel the rest of his meetings for the day. So if he goes missing, nobody's going to notice for a little while. Yeah. And then there's a stellar success. And this is 10 above your normal skill score. So if, for example, if you've got a skill score of 12, you have to roll a 22. So you have to have some sort of bonus in that situation to get it. But that basically means not only did I hack his calendar, you know, clear off all his meetings for the day. I also installed a Trojan horse in the system. So next time I need to hack in, I've got a back door and I get a, I get a bonus. All right. So similar to our, our previous game, Demon Hunters, it's succeeding with style. Basically. Pretty much. And as far as failure goes, the tenet that they take with this game is fail forward, but make it sting. Okay. So for example, you know, and it depends on how it goes, but for use the, uh, the hacking example, I failed on my hacking role. Okay. Maybe I get into his, you know, into his outlook calendar, but all the meeting rooms in the building are full that day. So I still arrange the meeting in the very public coffee shop in the lobby. Ah, uh, so if you're going to be doing a kidnapping, it, things just got a whole lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, so yeah, it's fail forward, but make it sting. So, you know, you want the effects of failure, but you want the story to progress. So how you fail, of course, is going to be situational, but you know, you still want it to go forward. You don't want everything to stall out because you missed an important clue or something. Which is great because I hate like that binary sort of system of, all right, make your perception check. You failed. You don't see anything. Yeah. And the other thing as far as your skill rolls go that's just important to know is bonuses and penalties are done in steps. So, for example, where Pathfinder or D&D may have a straight plus two to your roll. So I roll a D20. I need to hit a 12. I rolled a 10, but I have a plus two. I got a 12. Great. Alternatively, I roll a d20. I need a 12. Oh, I rolled an eight, but I have a plus one step bonus. Well, one step means I add a d4 to my roll. So I roll that d4. Hey, I got a four. I just hit 12. Okay. And so the way it steps is, so one step is a d4, two steps is a d6, three steps is a d8, four steps is a d12, five steps is a d20, and that that applies to both bonuses or penalties. So that's so, like that's what allows you to succeed uh, greatly with your roles. Yeah, outside of just being exceptionally skilled, you know, to to be stellar, a lot of times, particularly for lower level characters, yeah, you'll need some sort of bonus to get those stellar successes. Okay, cool. Because yeah, I've noticed that a lot of my scores are things like, like you say, like my stellars are twenty one, twenty six. Yeah. I was like can't really make that on a d20 yeah and that will come from things like talents that maybe give you a specialization in a specific area or for example having something like a toolkit if you're trying to make a mechanics check that gives you a bonus that sort of thing situational bonuses gear bonuses you know that sort of or you know specialization bonuses that will allow you to get those stellar successes so you know Fairly straightforward, a little bit different, but easy enough to pick up, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the sheet, and it's got six attributes. They, they aren't the same thing as your D20 or your D&D, uh, you know, three to eight teens. Like, all of mine are fours and fives. But, I mean, I, I get what a strength is. I get what a vitality does. Yeah, I mean, all the, the six attributes map fairly closely to your traditional six attributes. The range is different. It runs essentially zero to ten, and most people, it's going to average four or five. All right. And for example, the when they go through character creation, there's a few options you can roll. You can do an array or like the base is 1d4 plus 2. 
So, you know, you're, you're heroes, so the base is like 1d4 plus 2. So you're looking at a minimum of 3, a maximum of 6, right. if you're going to do it that way. The one thing I am seeing that I'm, I'm curious about how it's going to play out is I'm seeing a ton of skills here, man. This is like 30-something skills, it looks like. It is a little skill-heavy as far as that goes. I mean, and most of them are fairly self-explanatory. And you could probably fairly easily combine some of them if you did want to uh, sort of condense it a little bit. If the GM really wanted, you could probably combine energy weapon and primitive weapon and firearms all into one skill right. if, if you wanted to compress it down. I understand being sort of a multi-genre sort of universal system. I understand why they did that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, I know how to use a rifle. I may not necessarily know how to use a bow and arrow just to use the weapon example. So I sort of understand why they did that. But if you wanted to, to, to cut it down, I imagine a few of them could probably be uh, compressed. Right. Like I'm really not seeing the need to have acrobatics, athletics, and extreme sports. Right? Yeah. I'm not so sure about extreme That's sports as a separate skill. Parkour. Yeah, exactly. I, which I would have thought would be acrobatics. Yeah. And that, again, that's a decent example of something I think could be compressed if you wanted to sort of reduce it a little bit. It is a little fine-grained, I think. Like yeah. primitive weapon and melee, if that makes sense to me. Well, again, I kind of see I see that being split up, but maybe a little bit more... Uh, how do I put this? Maybe a little bit more explanation, because primitive weapon is largely towards bows, crossbows, oh. that sort of thing, whereas melee is knives and axes and swords and daggers. Okay. Because let's be perfectly honest, a melee weapon right now in 2015, or, or sorry, right now in 2015, <laughs> a melee weapon right now in 2018, honestly, is not significantly different than a melee weapon in 1518. Yeah. A sword is a sword. A club is a club. The, the, the overall manufacturer and whatnot may be different. We may not use them all the same, but it's still roughly the same weapon. Right. You know, there's not a primitive sword and a modern sword as far as use. We don't have lightsabers yet, so. <laughs> Give us time. <laughs> Which, uh, any scientists who listen to this, please hurry up with that. The last thing I want is for you to have a lightsaber, quite frankly, it Andrew. It could be fun. So much be fun, fun for you, yes. I have to cut down all those branches around the trees around my house. Yes. With a lightsaber, would make it so much quicker. Cut down branches, carve turkeys, do whatever, man. <laughs> it's perfect. Fight my father. Yeah. <laughs> It's a multi-use tool. <laughs> anyway. Um, also seeing talents, and it, that looks like, like a lot of the stuff we've done before. It looks They're just kind of like little tricks that your character can do to kind of personalize you. Yeah, they're a little bit related back to class, at least in how you pick talents up. But they're, they can sort of be picked. And your classes are, they sort of map to D&D a little bit. You have your, you have your battler, which is your straight up, fighter archetype of whatever sort it could be a soldier it could be you know a hand-to-hand warrior you know what have you uh you got your expert you know your skill monkey okay yeah you know your scientist your mechanic your your dedicated skill person um you've got your leader that's your talker your uh con artist you know your your military officer your bard your bard yeah absolutely (laughs) you know that they get a bonus to social skills You've got your uh, striker, which is somewhere between, I guess, a a little bit between, I guess, a sniper and a rogue. They tend to be like ranged weapon and stealth focused. 
roguish meets sniper. But yeah. for example, the battler can easily use weapons. Anybody can easily use weapons if they if they invest the points in it. It's just the the skills tend to lean towards you know like they have to choose a talent from like commando or gunslinger or elusive. Are they kind of like a like a ranger in D and D or in Pathfinder? That's probably yeah, ranger or rogue is probably a decent analog for that. Okay, as far as combat goes, and uh, then you've got the survivor, which is, I guess, sort of your your tough character. They very go uh, they go very much towards. They they don't really map directly, I guess, but again, they have a touch of the rogue and a touch of the ranger in them. They sort of, uh, you know, they persevere despite longest odds, but unlike battlers, they do it in a low observation sort of way. Yeah, it's, a, I don't know, the, the descriptions are a little unclear, but they're more tough characters, just low-key than battlers, I guess. All right, that 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 makes sense, even if the uh, the descriptor is it's a little a little odd, yeah. And then there's there's just freeform. So you do have the option, rather than picking one of those classes, you can kind of uh, build your own a little bit. And it basically, it takes all the stuff that you normally have to pick for the other characters and just says, you know, like discretionary talents. Just choose three, each from a different constellation. You know, pick one skill in each of the following categories, you know, attack, defense, technical, whatever. It gives you a little more leeway to just kind of build a character how you see fit. Or, you know, if you already have a good idea what your character's going to be, you can pick one of the pre-made classes and just roll with it. Okay, so that classless or classful, however you want to build it. So it, it's I, I like that actually. I like the the option to or yeah, it, it kind of just adds a little additional layer of flexibility that you, you might not necessarily see in a strictly class based system. I can see that being if you're trying to play a game where you're trying to play characters that are already in the world, being able to instead of having to build them around something that's already there, create the character like. Yeah, you like don't try to fit playing, them into an existing mold. If you wanted to play Mad Max, like in, in Thunder Road, you could build Mad Max using the freeform one. Right. Yeah. And you know, you and you, you know, or if you prefer to argue that he's a battler, say yeah. you can do that. But if you're like, well, that doesn't really quite fit. Yeah, go with freeform, and you just kind of you kind of build it into your own mold. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, otherwise, a lot of this stuff I think we'll get into, you know, as we play. I mean, that's the basics. Yeah. So I guess it's time to start our engines. I think it is. Dawn breaks the next morning over the uh, naturally ominous terrain of the uh, scorched and barren cascades. You uh, shake yourself out of your jailhouse bunk. They head out. They hand you your armor, your bandolier, your pistols. Check check all all my my three single shot beauties. <laughs> they still loaded. They still loaded. All right. I check my crossbow and my flamethrower. <laughs> and well, you uh, you step out into the sunlight and parked right outside is Abigail, the uh, the bus, if you will. What is that? My Abigail is three hundred horsepower of rage beauty and absolute mayhem she will get us anywhere without issue her roll cage and steel armor will protect your frail little body from any misadventure don't you worry abigail can handle herself that cow catcher on the front makes her look like she's gonna steer like a pregnant water buffalo if she's gonna have to go over any bridges in the highway how heavy is that bus yeah she's not a light lady she's about 3700 pounds but if you book it 
will not be a problem. So you uh, you mount up. I'm assuming Doc takes the takes the wheel with his baby. Of course, strokes it gently. Creepy. <laughs> and uh, old Jack here. Well, so how many people are it? Is it just the two of us <laughs> and a crate full of medicine? Or pretty much. Oh, I guess we're all the only two that could get to go. <laughs> I got two players. There are two, there are two PCs. You were complaining about the weight. <laughs> so uh, who else is with us here in the town? Is it is the dean here to see us off? Is it just the deputies? The or? dean is, is uh, standing nearby along with a group of deputies just to make sure that you don't turn and take off in the wrong direction. I am really tempted. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'll turn to the dean. You got anything for us? Map? Supplies? Compass? Machine gun. Got your gear. All the gas, food, water, and the map are all already loaded into the bus. Sorry. Into Abigail. Thank you. Now make sure I don't blow out the back and you don't either. But uh, should get you where you need to go. This is a milk run for you. Just uh, just avoid the marauders, all right? Do if I didn't best. think you could do it, I wouldn't send it with you. I'll do my best. Me and Abigail do our part. Just remember what is old when I return. Doc, you're driving. I'm riding shotgun. Yeah, yeah, Doc. You'll get access to the machine shop and all the scrap you can handle when you get back. Good, because Abigail needs some upgrades. Yeah, no doubt. So I guess I'm, I'm going to kick on the engine, and then just country music starts blaring out through the, 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 the sound <laughs> A John system. Denver, some yeah. country roads. <laughs> just a turn snakes to I hope you like some John Denver. Oh, this is going to take so long. The road from Elberg to Columbia is mostly clear. You have to do detour around a few ancient pileups and collapsed overpasses, but territory to the town to the river is pretty safe. This is scrubland, dry, hilly, scattered strands of ponderosa and sage-covered slopes. The Columbia River itself is a significant obstacle. It's nearly a mile wide here, and 500-foot bluffs overlook the river on both east and west side. The old highway bridge across the river is long gone. These days, travelers use a ferry at a place called the Vantage. So yeah, so uh, Jack has probably got the map unfolded and wearing a pair of uh, what generic glasses you could buy in a Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> reading glasses. Yeah, the reading glasses that are very uh, that are very small and short, and uh, and like that, just you could buy them for like five bucks. We're gonna have to take the ferry if we're gonna try and get this barge around. She ain't gonna make it through any of the uh, what bridges that are left. She does not particularly like to get her feet wet. It would be a good idea to take the ferry. The ferry landing consists of a battered old wooden wharf. The ferry itself is a big flat bottom barge with a diesel engine. And as you approach, you can see it tied up there at the dock. Two log bunkhouses, the homes of the dozen or so people that live here, sit back about 50 meters from the riverbank. But as you're coming in, you notice uh, a problem. Uh-oh. There's a second boat tied up next to the ferry. And there's some kind of commotion on the shore. Looks like some old Jack's brethren might be raiding the, uh, raiding the Vantage. Oh, no. Raiders. <sighs> Delightful. All right, Doc. Jack's going to pull out a pair of his, uh, his blunderbusses. Why don't we see what old Abby can do? It's tied up to the next of the dock, so their, their houses are on the land, right? Yeah, yeah, the houses are set back from the riverbank. They're just simple log bunk houses, functionally. So is it like, what does the situation, can we see what the situation is? Is there like a perception? 
Oh no, you'll you'll see. It's just as you come roaring up. Yeah. Well, what I was thinking was if if I can see if they're like if they're like trapped in the houses and they're getting shot at as I'm, we're pulling up, I could like drive through their barricade that they're holding that they're surrounding the houses with. Or uh, depends on my. Well, the roar of your engine echoes across the bluffs in the water. Uh, it looks like ten or so pirates are surrounding the bunkhouses, threatening or negotiating with the people inside. You can't tell. You see a few pirates standing behind a woodpile off to the side. Looks like they're probably readying up some Molotovs. Uh, but as you come come roaring down, they uh, pretty easily hear you, <laughs> catch sight of you, and uh, they quickly turn. Looks like they're mostly armed with crossbows and hatchets. Okay. Oh. So you said there's a second boat, which is probably the pirates. Yep. Um, I am. I am also a river pirate, though probably less mercenary than these guys. And I have culture bonuses to deal with the Scabland hordes. Yep. Can I check to see, do I recognize the flag that's flying? Do I know these people? Sure. Go ahead and give me a check. Okay. So it says I have a plus one step bonus with all checks. So okay. that means I roll a D20 and a D4. Yes. And you're trying to, at minimum, beat your skill score in culture. Okay. And my culture base is a 14. Okay. So you want a 14 or better for an average success. I got an 11. Uh, yeah, you're not sure. You might have seen them before, but... Well, you said this is a fail-forward system. Can I can I have a different option? Yeah, I recognize them. We parted on bad terms. You know what? Sure. <laughs> yeah, you recognize this. This is... Uh, the boat itself is probably an old uh, speedboat. One of the kind of big... Not a cigarette boat. One of the kind of the big ones people take out fishing. Right. Uh, and the pirate, you recognize him as a right bastard named Captain Lynch. He's, uh, you've been known to take some cargo from time to time, but you were never fond of just outright bloodshed. Captain Lynch is known to get people to surrender and then toss them overboard with weights tied to their feet. Okay. He's, uh, he's not good people. All right. So how far away from these people are we? Within shouting distance? Uh, as you come roaring off of the, off the uh, highway, down onto the dirt, yeah, I would say you're easily within shouting distance. You're probably 60 meters or so from the from the commotion. Watch out. Lynch! Actually, I'm going to okay. I'm gonna do something. I'm going to hit the horn. <laughs> it's a, like one of those big, fancy, crazy horns to You'll get know. his attention. And then you can speak. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, so like a big foghorn. Yeah. I was thinking with a... All right. That's revelry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I shout Lynch. So a large, uh, large man, kind of probably several inches taller than most of the other river pirates. Big, burly. He's got a shotgun and a cutlass strapped to him. He comes stomping out from behind him. Jack, that's you, you old bastard. What the hell do you want? I want to give you a piece of free advice. You don't want to make the enemies you'll make killing all these ferrymen. Everybody you, uses them. You ain't never given good advice in your life, Jack. Probably why you're riding that thing. If I'm not mistaken, that's from Elberg. You must have turned in your boat. I ain't turned her in. I just got her tied up for now. Uh-huh. I got a piece of good advice for, for at least one of y'all. And he's gonna. I'm gonna turn and point my gun at one of the guys with the Molotov. Uh-huh. You're gonna want to put those bottles down. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Is there some sort of? 
intimidate? Generally, let's see. Most of the time, that's covered by influence. Influence. I have influence. All right. Yeah, you know what? I will, uh, you know, I think that's pretty good, particularly convincing the others. I'll give you an influence check with a one-step bonus. Can I assist in this? I also have influence. Well, what are you doing to assist? Well, I'm going to pop up, pull out my crossbow and say, if you call her that thing again, I will put one of these bolts through your eye, sir. (laughs) A gentleman does not diss a lady. Mm. Mm. Yeah, what are the rules on on, uh, assisted checks? All right, so since Doc Turbo is uh, sitting there gesturing with his crossbow and I'm presuming revving Abigail's engine to, you know, almost to the red line, making it rumble. And you also have influence, is that correct? I Andrew? do. All right. I've got points in influence. Since Andrew has a skill point in it, he can give you a plus two step bonus to your influence check. Plus two step bonus? Plus two step bonus. Wow. If he, had, if he was untrained in attempting to assist, it would be a plus one step bonus. Okay. So since he has the same skill, he has at least one point in it, that's an additional two steps. You're actually at a three-step bonus. And I have just, I guess for being a leader class, I have a plus one-step bonus with all influence checks. I kind of hate you right now. <laughs> so that's <laughs> plus four steps. So that's D4, D6, D8. D12. D12. It jumps from, it skips D10 for whatever reason, goes straight to D12. Wow. Nice. Okay. Yeah, if you can't pull this off, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, that's a total of a 29. Wow. Which on my influence, <laughs> I, is... I'm pretty sure that's a stellar success. Yeah, my my stellar is 22. <laughs> so that's a more than stellar success. <laughs> wow. Um, so I guess you cock back your gun. And here's the click, and then Abigail's got the exhaust that that fire out the flames from the side, and it just goes boom at the same time as the click hits. Wow. Um, <laughs> and the captain takes a big steaming pile. <laughs> I was not expecting you to succeed that well, quite frankly. <laughs> he The the pirates all kind of look at each other and they sort of, you know, you hear a murmur. There's a murmur of discontent. They're, they're back and forth. Because even though there's only two of you, you've kind of convinced them that this might be a bad idea. Lynch hears this and he kind of looks around. And he just gives you the evil eye. He just stares at you. All right, Jack. I'll let him I'll let him off this time, but next time I see you out on the river, that's you, your boat and your cargo are going to be mine. I'm going to make sure you don't see me then, Lynch. Uh-huh. Boys, get back on the hawk. We're leaving. And they the the pirates themselves are obviously quaking in their boots. Lynch he knows you're bluffing, but he can't convince his crew of it. And so they 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 back off and they uh, they board the boat and they they cast off. And Lynch is still just staring you down from the wheel. I'm staring him down too. Glad I wore the brown pants. <laughs> so as they pull away from the dock and they they head off down the river, this Lynch is just until he is out of view range. Is looking at you the entire time. You uh, after a couple of minutes pass, you know you're making sure they don't come back. Yeah, sit sit down in the seat. Can't believe that worked. Oh oh, lord! (laughs) After a couple of minutes pass, you see the and everything gets quiet. You see the door to the bunkhouse kind of creaks open, and you see a old gray headed woman 
stick her head out. And uh, you recognize her as Doreen. She's the fairy master. And she looks around. She like she almost can't believe it. And she looks around several times, looks at you. Like you know, she she finally opens the door and she comes some stepping out. You see someone will shut the door behind her. I'll tip my hat, ma'am. Bonjour, mademoiselle. <laughs> well, I I can't believe you got rid of them. Are you you're here from Elberg? We are. Don't worry about Lynch. He's he's all hat and no cattle. Uh, we were afraid they were just going to burn the place down, get us out of there. Well, I can't offer you much, but I'll certainly certainly give you a free passage across the ferry, and we've got some extra food or a place to rest if you want it. How long, I, how long have we been driving? Have we been? Mm, let's see. It, is it resting time or is it? No, probably not. I mean, you guys could if you felt the need, but you're not inju- not injured. You've not been driving that long. <laughs> I think you can you you you're pretty certain you can make it per, to, before too long. The ferry's fairly close to Elberg. Okay. Um, well, we just require passage across this here puddle. Though we might not say no to that meal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was about thirty miles between Elberg and the Columbia Gorge. So yeah, you've got you guys haven't even I mean, you took your time having to to avoid wrecks and overpasses and just keeping an eye out for marauders. But yeah, no, it's perfectly early in the day. The run, the run, the total run to Spokane is about 170 miles. Okay. So, presuming no massive delays, you should be able to make it in a day. Okay. But this is the Scablands. All right. So yeah, and I'll uh, Jack will turn to the dog and say, "Just a little bit of river advice: never turn down a free meal." <laughs> so Doreen turns, heads back to the to the bunkhouse, and you hear her yelling at the people inside. Uh. Several people bustle out, about 13 people. Looks like her, her husband, her family, some hired hands. They all come bustling out, and the, the hands start, they go over and start checking out the ferry, make sure that, that there's no damage done, it hadn't been set fire to or anything <laughs> by the pirates while they were outside. You know, Doreen waves you inside. Come on, come on, come, sit down. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll fix you some, some fish, or, you know, what we got here. And she, she does. It's, it's simple. It's river fish, some... You know, kind of scraggly tubers and whatnot. But you know what? Like you said, it's a free meal. Exactly. You sit, you eat. The the uh, after a little while, the, the the hired hands come back, tell the the ferry master that you know everything seems to be fine. It doesn't look like the ferry was damaged at all, and it should be good to go whenever you are. So, awesome. Uh, Doc and I are going to be heading up to uh, Spokane. Have y'all heard anything from people back that way? Does the road look as as clear as it ever does? Just the usual trouble with marauders. I mean, we get trade caravans and whatnot through here. There's few of them been, you know, running around with those buggies of theirs attacking traffic, but it don't seem like it's been any more than normal. Just Scablands hordes are as dangerous as they ever are. Right. And with that, with that thing, I don't think there'll be too much to worry about as long as they don't get up on there with you. It would appear I'm going to have to write her name on the side. People just cannot. Where are our manners? <laughs> Society is at an end. I do. It's just terrible. So once you get ready to go, they load your uh, Abigail up onto it. And actually, just out of curiosity, give me just to roll it. You've got uh, Andrew. You've got like a 
What engineering? Yes, actually, you don't even true. have to roll this. You actually recognize the ferry. It's not not a barge. It's actually an old military landing craft. Oh wow! It's an old LCV eight, uh, just a shallow water landing craft that they've salvaged up from somewhere. That's awesome. So you are fully confident that it will support Abigail's weight. That is that is even better. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have a look at the engine? See if there's any work needs done or anything like that. Sure. Okay. Um, you, so you know, with your skill, you've got mechanics of like five, don't you? I mean, your character has kind of a ridiculous level of mechanics, if, uh, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, I've got a plus one step with mechanic rear salvage vehicles, and I get a plus one because of my toolkit as well. So yeah, I've got five <laughs> yeah, points you don't, in plus you, two. Yeah, you don't need to roll. You can tell the engines, it's well maintained for mm-hmm. where they're at, but there's probably some fine tweaking, some tuning that they could uh, that could be done on it. You mostly figure they haven't had any either the skill or any reason to. I mean, they've been mostly, it's a mile trip there, you know, right. two miles round trip from the river to back. But yeah, you figure it could probably be tweaked a little bit, run a little more efficiently, a little cleaner. Okay. So uh, can I tweak it a little bit? You know, just to make the roll, go ahead and roll. Let's see how well you do at tweaking so it. So I'm going to roll, I get my additional, I don't get just an additional D4, it would be a D6. Uh, if it's two steps, it is a D6. Yep. That would be an eight, so I fail. <laughs> so nothing happens. Well, oh no! When you fail, bad things happen, don't they? Well, they could. In this particular case, boat sinks. You're you're messing with it, and all of a sudden, the, the boat kind of backfires really loudly, yeah. and everyone sort of stares at you. Yeah, I, I shoot my glance back there, Doc. What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. And then it it smooths out and keeps going, but everybody kind of stares at you for the rest of the trip across the Columbia. Maybe not while we're moving. That's <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, bangs are not usually appreciated on the water, as I'm sure the captain could tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you don't you don't cause any damage or anything of the sort, but you don't really uh you don't really succeed. You don't do do them any good. Well, that sucks. So you you roll off to the other side. Again, it's just a wooden wharf that they've constructed just for the ferry to land. And uh, you get back up onto the road. All right. Just say our goodbyes to everyone. Thanks. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride. Safe passage. There you go. Yep. And they quickly get back on on the boat and head back across, you know. So after the trouble at the ferry, it, actually, it's pretty clear going. A uh, good 30, 35 miles through the, the desert country to the west. Mostly clear. You're making good time. All of a sudden, there's a bang. Bangs are bad. We've already established bangs are bad. <laughs> Suddenly, there's a, a puff of steam comes out from under the hood. Oh, And no. Abigail shudders and rolls to a stop on oh, the Abigail. open highway. Please, please. He gets all nervous. So Doc basically starts freaking out. He goes, no, 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 no. What's wrong with you, dear? Don't, don't do this. Come on. Come on, please. <laughs> and Captain Jack here looking at the map. You're probably a couple miles west of the ruins of Moses Lake, a little town along the way. Uh, no one else in sight that you can see? Uh, doesn't look like there's any sort of ambush. Okay, so you, you appear to be, if everything's appear to be calm and safe at the moment. All right, Doc, crawl up under the hood. I'm going to keep an eye out. So I, I guess I'm going to crawl up under the hood and see what I can see. All right, and you're, I, you don't even need a roll. You're, this is your war rig. You're a trained mechanic. And honestly, the problem's not hard to find. Main serpentine belt has snapped clean in half. And without the belt, no water pump, no alternator, no steering. And 
for all practical purposes, no engine. Okay. Uh, replacing it, it'd be straightforward if you had a belt. So uh, I guess I'm going to uh, retell this to Jack, and they'll be like, well, it turns out it's a pretty simple fix. The serpentine belt has gone, which is an easy fix if I had another serpentine belt. Now, you're probably going to have to find one from an old parts store or a wreck or something to find a belt large enough to fit Abigail. It's like uh, it's like they said on Firefly, it's a nothing part till you ain't got one. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, the town of Moses Lake isn't too far off. All right. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll pull out the map, unfold it, and point. Moses Lake's only about two miles up that way, so we could try and hoof it over there, see if maybe there's anything left over. I mean, there's probably supply parts, maybe an old school. But without it, uh, without the without the pot, we're not going anywhere. So, so Andrew, uh, while Doc Turbo was crawling all over the engine, since this is your baby, give me a mechanics check. Actually, just a straight mechanics check. Okay. Actually, I'll give you a actually I'll give you a two step bonus because this was your custom built rig. I mean, you know this thing inside out. So, I'll give you a bonus D six bonus. Okay. So. I- well, you already have the D6. So, so would it be a D8 then? Uh, pardon, I forgot you already had... Yeah, so an additional two steps of bonus. So okay. if you already had one step, yes, it would be a D8. Okay. So if you got a three-step bonus. Yeah, D8. 21, which uh, succeeds... Quite well, I'm sure. Incredibly. My name was a 19, so... Well, you noticed that this belt was probably sabotaged. It didn't just... It didn't fray so it's and like, break. It's the straight cut. If Yeah, if you look, it was cut halfway through along the back side. It appears we've been sabotaged. Someone has sliced this belt. Now, what think, do you... Uh, so, tell me, Doc. I'm not, as, I'm not as familiar with Abigail's curves as you are. How long would that sort of break take? Would it take from Elberg to here or from the ferry to here? It would be a little, you know, from your mechanical skill, it would be a little bit random on when it actually broke, depending on how skilled the person making the cut was. You would, if you had to guess, you would say they were intending for you to fail somewhere west of the ferry, out in the open scab lands. So it would it would be hard to tell where it came from? Yeah, but if you had to guess, this probably happened in Elberg. And thinking back, Doc, you actually did have... Kind of a rough-looking traitor, filthy, toothless guy named Rat Skinner, come through, and he was awful fascinated with this rig when you were working on it. <laughs> Kept asking you a lot of questions about it, whatnot. A little, not thinking back on it, possibly suspiciously. So his name was Rat Skinner. Yep, Rat Skinner. I thought it was admiration, but he seems to have been peeking at my Abigail a bit too precariously for my liking. I think. I know who sabotaged us. He's a traitor. He's not a local. Do I know Rat Skinner by reputation? Give me a culture check. He's not a pirate. All right. So if you have a bonus specifically for pirates, it's not going to apply. But uh, I have one for Scabland Hordes. Which okay. I'm like, That'll work, actually. Okay. Oh, which is only a one-step bonus. So. Yeah, still a bonus. Yeah. That is a 17, which means for culture... That's just a regular old success. You, from his description and the name, you've heard you've heard of Rat Scanner. He does some quiet business on the side with the Marauders and the River Pirates. It's where he gets a lot of his uh, goods uh, that he sells. They're 
second hand, shall we say. So you would not put it past him to have uh, done this to leave the leave you stranded somewhere they could get at you. So you said skinny guy, missing teeth, missing the two on the side, makes his front two look real bucky. Yeah, that would be the ugly individual we are talking about. I know. I know of him. He, uh, he cuts a lot of deals with pirates like Lynch. So, yeah, if anyone would do it, it'd be him. So we may be seeing your friend sooner than advised. Let's hope not. Let's hope he sticks to the water, but we still may have for more otters. All right, so uh, this vaccine that we're which actually that's another question I wanted to ask you so we're we're bringing these vi- these vials of vaccine to yep. Gonzo University yep and you said it's the shaking plague the shaking plague it, do we know what that is well neither of you are medical professionals of course right but you have seen the plague and part of the reason that you were sent into a plague zone is you were old enough to have either received the vaccine the first time around or survived the plague straight up and essentially, it caused super f- massive fever, which tended to lead to epileptic shaking and seizures okay. causing death. So, uh, thus the name, the Shaking Plague. All right. so and the, so particularly, was, they're worried about children and people who haven't received immunity. So, this was one of the apocalyptic events that caused the Thunder Road world? This is more of a post-apocalyptic apocalypse. More of a plague that came through after everything that everything collapsed because... Well, they can no longer effectively prevent outbreaks of that sort. And luckily, this area still has functionally university and medical infrastructure remaining from before. All right. That they're able to come up with a vaccine, that there are still people skilled enough that have the equipment to make a vaccine for it, even if it's using crude me- uh, methods. But, yeah, at this point, you know, you only haul out the vaccine when you have to because... It's hard to make. Right. How much do we have? Do we have just like two or three vials or we've got like a big crate? You've actually got a, essentially it's a hard case, you know, sort of like a large briefcase containing vials of the serum, which would be used to make the vaccine. So essentially you're giving them the raw material to make the vaccine once you get there in mass. So they will essentially need all of this because some of it may not be viable. It's hard to tell. Right. Is there any way for me to roll and see if I've got like a tarp or anything that's good for camouflaging your vehicle? Like, like if we're gonna have to leave and go get this belt, like leaving it by its side of the road. I mean, I'm sure you have a tarp. I'm just not sure how well that's going to camouflage a giant yellow war rig <laughs> on the highway yeah. in the middle of the desert. She's not going anywhere without that belt. Yeah. So I don't think. There's <laughs> I mean, unless somebody tows her off or pushes her away. Let's take the medicine out and bury it. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah was we want to hide the medicine, but we can leave Abby. Yeah. All right. As much as it pains. Turbo to do so. Yeah, you don't have any problem. You find like a essentially a rocky outcropping with like scrubby bushes around it that you can sort of tuck the medicine up under where it won't be seen. Perfect. Okay. Unless somebody specifically searches here, the odds of them finding it are pretty dang low. All right. And now it's a bit of a walk. All right. Let's take the highway because it's probably we're a little more out in the open, but it's it's a more direct shot. Okay. So Moses Lake is one of many dead towns around the area. So you, you you make your way down the highway. It's scorching hot at this point. I mean, it's you've not really made it that far into your journey, so it's probably early afternoon. It's hot. You think you see vultures circling overhead? It's that hot. Gonna you know loosen the bandana I got tied around my, my neck like a cowboy. <laughs> I mean, you 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 you're schlepping some water from from Abigail and uh, and whatnot. 
but it's hot. But you make your way. There's no. It's it's almost eerily quiet out here. Too quiet. Yeah. But what is Lake's one of the many dead towns in the area? Whatever people once lived here moved on or died a long time ago. Usually ruins like this have been picked over pretty thorough, but maybe you'll find a wreck or an old parts store with a belt you can use to fix Abigail. Abandoned cars, burned out houses, old commercial buildings with broken windows, all sprawl along streets that follow the shores of a now dry lake bed. I just wanted to say, look, there's like tumbleweeds rolling down the street and stuff like that. It's like that empty westerny feel. Pretty much, sand has blown up against the walls, you know, through broken out windows. This place has been dead for a long time. So it's a holiday resort. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, Doc. Well, I don't think I don't think we're likely to find a Greyhound station here, but maybe we can see if there's an old school. Maybe there's still some parts for a bus. Some parts may be compatible with Abigail. I would prefer to use the best condition, but needs must. So what we're going to do for this, and again, you're scouring the town, you're looking through old trucks, you know, all of that, just trying to find a compatible belt. What we're going to do for this is we're actually going to do what's called an open-ended skill check. All right. And what that is, is essentially you need to accumulate a certain number of successes over a given area, over a given amount of time. And in this point, the time is more or less indefinite because well, you're not going anywhere. But essentially, you're going to search the town. I'll tell you, Strap, you're going to need to accumulate six successful skill checks. Now, the way this works, those are six average successes. An excellent success counts as two. Okay. A stellar success counts as three. All right. So if we roll two stellars, we're done. So the way this will work for you guys, you can either you can split up or you can you can go together. But it's so if you stay together, it's basically going to be a group skill check. One of you is going to have to, but basically one of you has to succeed. You split up, separate skill checks. You can use separate skills, maybe cover more ground. Uh, can we, if we're doing it as a group check, is that kind of like how we did the eight? Another one of us will give bonuses to the the primary check not in in this particular instance because you're both searching it would simply be you you basically have two chances to succeed there's no it wouldn't be a bonus it's just you each get to roll and as long as one of you succeeds it's a success okay okay it's basically 50 percent of the group has to succeed at a group skill check and there's two of you so (laughs) what would be the benefit of splitting up generally speaking splitting up would be you could maybe cut your time because right now, essentially, the way this times work is you're getting a check per hour. Okay. So if you would split up, you would get two checks per hour. So, so you could cut the amount of time that you're going to spend searching. Right. Because if you're together, you're searching roughly the same area. And probably for like a four or six person party, that would make sense. But yeah. for two people, let's just stick. To I them. don't know. There's always that universal rule of never split the party, regardless <laughs> of how many people there are. Yeah, but you know how many how many groups of players still. Split the party. Yeah, but you know how many groups of players still die? Yes, I'm the GM. Of course I do. (laughs) It makes good story. I'm one of those players. (laughs) A little tactical stupidity, you know. That's right. I'm one of those players that dies. All right, so you guys start rummaging around old wrecks, you know, likely looking stores, auto parts places. Go ahead and give me a couple of checks. In this case, I'd say it's either going to be mechanic salvage, you know, digging through wrecks. Or survival, just for straight scavenging. Okay, I'm going to use my mechanics. All right, I have neither of those. So <laughs> what is the rules on untrained skill checks? All right, so you don't have mechanics or, or survival, survival either? Okay. Do you have engineering? <laughs> Did that work? In this case, well, in this case, for untrained, 
Normally, your skill score is your ability plus relevant skill subtracted from 20. All right. In this case, it's just ability. Okay. So, so it's either mechanic, which is int, mm-hmm. or survival, which is vitality or focus. So whatever works best for you. Ah, my vitality is a five, which okay. is the highest of any of those. So I am going to make a survival check, All vitality right. focus. Which means you basically have to hit a 15. Okay. So, yeah. Make your rolls. I got a 10, so I, I, got a, I achieved. I got a 16. <laughs> All right, so that's one success. Okay. An hour passes. You're digging around. You think you're, you're getting towards an area of town that looks like the cars are maybe in a little bit better shape. Uh, you might actually right. be. Maybe you'll find a truck or something that's got a big enough engine that you can salvage the belt. Mm-hmm. All right, let's try again. Nope. Ha. Uh, <laughs> that one is a 17, which is not a... Uh, not the big one. But the uh, one. It's, uh, the it's excellent. an excellent. Excellent. Okay, so an excellent counts as two. So you guys have actually gotten half We're of the skill way. checks you All need. Right, halfway there. So, again, you're rummaging around. You come up to the top of this building, and you, you look over, and actually, that looks an awful lot like that might be some sort of vehicle depot or car dealership on the other side of town. So that might, that might be a good place to look. Dealership would have tow trucks. Yeah, and tow trucks might have Because <laughs> you know that the engine that's in Abigail is a massive diesel engine. Yeah. But some of those, some of those really big pickup trucks or flatbeds or panel trucks, they might have an engine big enough that you can pull that off. Even if we find a tractor, <clears throat> that's possible as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's three successes. You need three more. All right. Nope. <laughs> Come on, die. Buy me a new belt. <laughs> <laughs> new pair of belts. Oh, twenty-one. That would is be... that a stellar? That's Ooh. a stellar. So yeah, you guys make your way across town into this. This depot, and it looks like this was a shipping depot. Okay. So, you know, good-sized trucks, semis, that sort of thing. Your eyes almost immediately just light on this almost pristine-looking Peterbilt tractor-trailer or semi-truck just sitting there. Tires are rotted away and everything, but the paint on it and everything is gorgeous. You might have to come back for this one. There you go, Doc. But you, you get in there, you pop up the hood... And as you do, oh no! <laughs> you hear you hear a chorus of growls from behind you. <clears throat> Always an interruption when I am busy in the surgery. <laughs> Turn and slowly look, <laughs> and you see this pack of waste hounds, just wild dogs from the waste, and there's probably six or eight of them. It's hard to tell in the shadows. Jack, I appear to have found dinner. I'm going to slowly pull one of my guns and be like, <laughs> Doc, that truck unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> and as you say that, they they charge. So I don't want actually to use my crossbow for this, <laughs> but I want to describe this. He's, I've got a flamethrower as well, but do you guys know about Elon Musk when he said oh he Lord. made the joke about the flamethrowers and he actually built them? It's yes, one of those. By the, as part of the boring company. Yeah, uh-huh. He has a... He has an Elon Musk styled flamethrower. Well, first things first, we're going to need some initiative checks. Oh, ladies and okay. So, how does initiative work? All right. Initiative is essentially treated as a skill check. So, it's agility plus focus subtracted from 20. Okay. You roll against that. And you may, a couple of you may have bonuses, step bonuses to that. I failed. What did you get? I got a four. <laughs> My initiative is a 12. Glad the guy with the guns. 
It's failing. Um, so my my agility is five. My focus is four. Minus t- uh, take away from twenty. We make. I have to get an eleven to succeed. I believe that is correct. Okay. So. Please don't fail as bad as they were. Nineteen. All right. Booyah. So, okay, so you're going, and I'll, let me roll for the dogs. I'm just going to roll for them as a group. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this metal die you've got me, this D20, has been magical. So <laughs> so initiative does, does it, since it's a skill, does it have regular, ex- excellent, and superior? It does. It? Let me roll for the dogs, and I will get into that. All right. All right, so the dogs are, they succeeded. It's a normal success, but they succeeded. So the way initiative works is as long as you succeed, well, let me back up. The way combat rounds work is they are divided into what are called impulses. An impulse is roughly two seconds long, and there are eight of them in a combat round. Actions take a certain number of impulses in order to to do them. So you can do a certain number of actions, you know. Uh, Something like drawing a weapon would be one impulse. A standard attack might be three. An attack with a heavy weapon might be four. I can see why you have made me stop when I was drawing my weapon, because that actually is. Yes. It costs some Yes, it does. And anybody who succeeds at their skill check starts on impulse one. Now, that being said, since the dogs got an average success and Doc Turbo got an excellent success, he goes before the dogs. Yeah. Since you failed as a uh, a failed initiative starts on impulse two. Okay. But you get to go first on impulse two. All right. So, and the way that works is so, for example... Say Doc Turbo draws his weapon. That's his impulse one action. That means he acts again on impulse two. If he already had his weapon out and it took, say, three impulses to fire, he would not act again until impulse four. Gotcha. So this is like, in the RPG terms, like you have your sequences. Essentially, yeah. Sort of turn-based like an old JRPG. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Like your sequence order. And, And because different... Different actions take different amounts of impulses to do. In the time it takes him to fire his weapon, you could potentially draw your weapon and move 20 meters because that's three impulses total. No, it's it's Fallout. It's action points. That Yeah, actually, that is an excellent yeah, it's, it's comparison. It's Fallout and Fallout 2. It's the action points. Yeah, that is actually an excellent comparison. I didn't think about that, but that's exactly what it is. So, that being said, Doc Turbo goes first. So, I guess I'm going to pull my... Uh... Elon Musk flamethrower off of my back. All right, so that's going to be your action for the first impulse. Yeah. Is you unsling this flame thrower and just fire it up. Yeah. Click the the striker, <laughs> Jack. You may want to move. <laughs> All right, so that's impulse one. The dogs, they're probably you. You caught them before they were right on top of you, so it's actually going to take them a full impulse to get to you. All right. So the the dogs are actually going to charge. And their speed is a little bit higher than you. They're a little bit faster. So they're going to cover that 30 meters, but it's going to be in one impulse. But that's going to take their first, essentially their first action. Which means we're around to Captain Jack. Okay. So Captain Jack, fortunately, has a talent called Gunslinger. Okay. Which is you can draw one or more pistols as a free action when you attack with them. All right. And it specifically says a dragoon counts. (laughs) So you're gigantic... uh... Pistols on your bandolier. Right. I'm going to pull one of those guys out as a free action. All right. So, yeah, that that's a free action. You you can... that So, that costs you nothing. Yeah. So, are you going to go ahead and blaze away? Yes. All right. I'm going to shoot. All right. So, that is essentially a skill check. I mean, honestly. So, you should have... I believe it's... Uh, what is it? Firearm skill? Um, 
Yes, I do. Yeah, firearms, which is agility or focus. And if I'm not mistaken, that Dragoon pistol hits more than one enemy, does it not? Because that's a uh, essentially a sawed-off shotgun. It says it has spread. Okay. So I don't know what uh, that... If look... I don't know what that means, but I also have an ability called shoot and stab combo. Mm-hmm. When you have a melee weapon in one hand and a firearm in the other, you and you achieve an excellent or stellar success, you may use the weapon in your other hand to make a free attack with a minus one step penalty. Oh, nice. Um, would an unarmed combat count with that? Or is it specifically you have to have like a knife or a mm, You know, it says shoot and stab, but you know what? If you're a decent brawler, do you actually have like unarmed as a skill? Um, hand-to-hand? Uh, yeah, sorry. I yes, I do. Well, you know what? Since you actually are trained in it, I'm going to go ahead and say it counts. Hand if you hand. didn't have any skill points in it, I'd say probably not. But you know what? Go for it. Yeah, and I'm looking at it. You're, you have spread. So at close range in this particular case, you can hit either a single target or an adjacent target. Right. So you can actually hit two as long as they're close together. And they're close together. I mean, they're charging as a pack. All right. So just roll a d20 and hope. Yeah. And so essentially, hang on. Roll a D20 mm-hmm. and hope. <laughs> well, isn't that yeah. pretty much you know, every, how we always do every, it? Roll a D20 and hope. Haven't been doing so great so far. <laughs> yeah, so essentially it's a straight up. They're not trying to dodge. They're not trying to do anything else. So there shouldn't be any modifiers to your ability to hit them. All right. So in this case, arm, we'll cover armor here in a second. But otherwise, it's a straight skill check. Okay. So it's straight firearms roll in this case. And my firearm says it has a plus one step bonus with assault weapons. I don't know what assault weapons are, but I'm assuming the blunderbuss is not one. No. Assault weapons in this game, I'm pretty certain, are classified as like... Uh, like AK-47. Uh, yeah, our, our, our assault rifles. And I could be wrong on that. They may be like weapons meant for close-in combat, but... but it sounds... It would be a weird way to write that up, I think. So yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, it's supposed to be like assault rifles. Yeah, maybe submachine guns, that sort of thing. I missed. Really? Yeah, I rolled a six. I'm not rolling so well. I was like, the dice are not uh, are not being your friend, are they? They're not. Hmm. This is one or two. No, no. What about feeling forwards? Well, I'm not sure exactly how that qualifies in combat. <laughs> you know what? Okay, so there's six of them. We're very close. I'm going to go ahead and ask. There's another rule we we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. Hero points. Oh yes. Uh. I know I have a hero point, yes, and if you I'm do. not mistaken, you said that one of the options is I can spend that to increase my success level one level? Correct. So, you can spend your hero point, which everybody starts with one mm-hmm. in every adventure. You can spend your hero point to increase your success level by one grade. So, yes, a failure becomes an average success, an average success becomes an excellent, and an excellent becomes a stellar. So, so that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, I want to blow my hero point, and since they're so close, I'm going to hit two of them anyway. All right. I think it's worth the, the spend. So, yeah, right. I'll roll my D6. Three. So, I, I guess that's for each one of them, probably. Yeah, case. yeah, that would both take... Uh, I, technically, I guess you could argue you could roll for both of them, but it seems to make sense that we just do a single damage roll for the pair. It's a sprayed weapon. I can see that. Yeah. Okay, so these things are not... Well, they're not armored, first off. <laughs> And the way, and I will cover that real quick, the way armor works in this game is it absorbs damage. Armor does not, unlike, you know, for example, Pathfinder, armor does not directly affect your ability to not be hit. It directly affects how much damage you take from being hit. Okay. And these are dogs, so they have no armor. Strange how that works. (laughs) And they're dogs and scrawny ones at that, so they also don't have any 
particularly large amount of health. And when I say that, I mean you just killed two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, uh, you know, this, this dragoon pistol just roars, and you think you're going to miss. But somehow you pull it off, and as two of the dogs are leaping for you, just buckshot right down the throat. So and they, they jumped they drop. into your missing shot? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and, yeah, they just they go kind of go flying back and hit the side of the truck you're standing next to and just fall. well hey that was a good use of a hero point yeah two kills is worth it all right now andrew since you won the initiative contest essentially you get to go here's the thing you were saying about speeds my flamethrower has a speed of four yes so does that mean i have to wait till the fourth section of this no it means essentially what it means is you go ahead and attack okay you do your action but it takes you four impulses to complete. So I've used half of my... Yeah, essentially you don't act again in this particular instance for four impulses. Okay. So you've acted on one, you're going to act on two, you wouldn't act again until six. Okay. That, because that... basically you're fanning this flamethrower back and forth. All right, and so my, my blunderbuss has the speed of three, so I'll go again on five. Yes. All right. Yeah, because you're on two, you would go. you would act again in three impulses. So you would act on five. So you, you basically your count is acting on two, three, and four, and then you can act again on five. Gotcha, gotcha. While you're doing this, other things are happening. This is sort of all considered to kind of be happening simultaneously. In real time, each impulse is considered to be about two seconds. So it's kind of like a battle sequencer. Each, More or less. It's just you know to keep it keep it straight in our minds. Yeah. All right. All right. So Andrew, you're you're gonna fire it up. Yeah, I'm gonna fire it up. <laughs> and as you can see them now, as they've gotten closer, there are eight dogs total. Two of them are already down. Okay, so it says close range. It's 2d8 of damage, um, 1d8's energy in 2 kilometers. Four... <laughs> Wait a minute. 2 kilometers? Oh, sorry, Wait two, a minute. 2 <laughs> meters. Whoa. Are you carrying a nuke? <laughs> this, I told you, it's an Elon Musk flamethrower. It's actually made from, what's, it, what's his space program called? SpaceX. <laughs> SpaceX. It's one of the SpaceX engines. <laughs> Rockets. No, I'm just kidding. I have a vague idea of where Rat Skinner is back in Elberg. I'm going to shoot him with this flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> I cooks half the toad. Yeah. That may have turned up the gas a little high. I'm um, guessing you meant two, two meters. meters. Yeah, sorry, I thought I read this. I read it wrong. Um, <laughs> with a four meter blast, it only does one d8. Targets must make a dodge check or begin taking damage over time. So, oh dear. Oh, all right. So does you, that mean I have to roll? So I, I assume you roll the hit, and then if you hit, then they have to make a dodge. Or they take damage again. Yeah, they will, they will take damage regardless, but it's whether or not they catch fire. But this doesn't say if it's got a spread mechanic. And I think if any weapon, a flamethrower would have. Well, like if a... that's that's a blast. Okay. It says two meters and four meters. It has a four meter blast. Oh, it's so just it's within the two meters blast. it does more damage because that's the center of the fire. Out to four meters it does okay. up to d eight of damage. Okay. So you're hitting a four meter splash. So yeah. So I'm... don't miss because. These dogs are fairly close, and you and captain, the captain are both right there. Yeah. What type of we- oh, the heavy weapon? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do this. This is going to be fun. Right, uh, you're see. probably not going to catch all the dogs, but I'd say you can probably get three or four in this. I I actually get a plus one to that because I've got uh, one step with energy. So. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, well, is it an energy weapon or a heavy weapon? It's a heavy weapon. Okay. 
So that's not an energy weapon. Energy weapons are a separate class. Wait. Or uh, flamethrower is energy. Oh, it is. It does yeah. qualify the flamethrower as a heavy, as an energy, not a heavy. Okay. Oh wait. Uh, okay, no, I, I get see what you're saying. With an energy weapon. I'm sorry. It is a it, it is, is a, a heavy, heavy energy weapon. weapon. Yeah. Pardon me, because energy weapon is a separate skill. Right. Okay, gotcha. Okay. I'm, I'm like shaking these dice because I'm really nervous. I don't know why. This is, uh, <laughs> because you don't want to set yourself on fire? That that actually helps with life. <laughs> Usually good advice. Ugh, I got a seven. So I may have set myself on fire. You know what? I'm going to squander my hero point too. Man, we are just, we are burning through those. <laughs> oh, the GM's perfectly happy for you to use all your hero points right now. You know what? I am happy to use all my hero points right now. <laughs> and not set yourself on fire. I not set myself on fire. <laughs> That's... I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to say you managed to, you know, use your hero point. You get an average success. You failed. You do. You still hit two dogs, though. Okay. And you hit them with the, the full force of the fire. Okay. Because they were charging in. The rest of them, they saw that. They saw the fire coming out and scattered. These two unfortunates, however... Not so much. Roll your damage. Okay, so it's 2d8. 2d8 energy. Yeah, they're not going to make it. I can tell you right now. I just want to see how dead they actually are. <laughs> oh, uh, that would be a uh, 10. <laughs> Ow. Super dead. <laughs> um, so not yeah. only are they dead, I've prepared dinner. <laughs> um, Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you... Yeah. You pretty much just roast them. Yeah. I mean, they're almost reduced to cinders Is this a, instantly. Is garlic situation from Crocodile Dundee? <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, there's plenty of light from the flaming dog hair to see what's going on now. Oh, it smells so bad. Oh, <laughs> yes, it, it does. Smells so bad. I guess I'm not firing again. Firing up until impulse five. <laughs> nope, and that still leaves a few dogs. Mm-hmm. That's two. That's two impulses to go. So you managed to take out half of the pack, roughly, and the dogs that scattered, they didn't scatter that far, so they come right back in for you. Let's see. So I'm going to say, hmm, yeah, I'm going to say probably just two and two. I'm happy with you being fair. <laughs> you just don't want me to sick them all on you. Yes, I really don't want you to sick them all on me. I've got to, I've got to get back to Abigail. Well, the beauty is that uh, we apparently both seem equally dangerous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but one has fire. <laughs> fire it up. All right, so the dogs are going to do what's called drag down. So they, we'll start with uh, Cat and Jack. They make an attack. First one makes an attack, misses. <laughs> he he lunges for your legs and you just sidestep. He he it's not today, Pooch. Are you kidding me? Yeah, rolling low. We're all rolling low today. <laughs> we should be playing the original version. <laughs> We'd all be making stellar successes, <laughs> pretty much. All right. Well, then the other two are now going for Doc Turbo. Awesome. I better get a success here. I'm gonna... I, you better not. It's unfair. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. yeah. I've got those dancing legs. Yeah, dancing. Mm. Yeah, the most I've rolled this entire time has been a 12. And that's just not going to work. Are you that dark? Dark. Uh, all right. Well, that their attack is three impulses. So, so they're going right. to be after us. Well, you don't go until six. Oh, They're going to yeah. be impulse five. On impulse five, they actually get to go before you because they had a better initiative. Okay, that makes sense. You you got to start off on impulse one or impulse two because you hadn't gone yet, so you were essentially first in. But but uh, now that we're all kind of settled into our initiatives, yeah, I'm they just they last. get to go again functionally. Um, so they're going to turn around and try it again. All right. I'm going to switch dice. I mean, I can't say anything. I'm going to try the same thing I tried last time. So. Yeah, well, I mean, 
they're a pack of wild dogs. What do you want them to do? Right. <sighs> that's better. No, I mean it's an average worse. hit, but it's still. So one of the dogs clamps down on your leg, and he managed to find a weak spot, you know, and just digs in. You take two points of physical damage, which, if I'm not mistaken, for old Captain Jack, should count as a graze. It's uh, the base level of wound. Well, uh, Captain Jack has armor. Ah, uh, you are correct. I have tactical armor, which says it reduces physical by five. Mm. <sighs> so is that just it, it takes... <laughs> five points off that two for a zero um in this particular instance yes uh you still are going to take a point of damage because of a particular rule called minion attack for these guys Mm -hmm. but yeah you're taking a point of damage all right so that's a graze yep so you basically took some mild bruising however it does have a hold of you and at this point it's trying to yank you off your feet okay uh in order to resist that give me an athletics check athletics which i don't have all right so that's gonna be a straight stat check Oh, I rolled a 16. My strength is a 5, so that should be a 15. 15 or better. So. Yeah, so you managed to shake him off. He does not yank you off your feet. Right. I am not doing well. In the Immortal Words of St. Taylor Swift, just shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> Bad joke. <laughs> there will never be a canticle for Swift, okay? <laughs> All right. Don't tell me who to worship. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wow. All right. So the other two are going to try and yank old Doc Turbo down. Uh, oh, sh- oh, sweet t- St. Taylor Swift, protect me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Morgan. Yeah, Morgan. She, she's working her magic. That one hits. Uh, it's a regular success, but it hits. Hitler's going to hate. Okay. So you are also wearing armor, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I am. I have, uh, I have a breastplate. Oh, you're wearing like a scrap metal breastplate? Yes, I am. And it protects me from four points of physical damage. Of course. So again, same take... thing. You're going to take a point of damage. Give me an athletics check. Because, again, they're trying to yank you off your feet. And here's where the fun goes away. Because you don't have, a, you don't I don't have, have a... athletics, and my strength is ridiculously low. I'm a three, so I have to get a 17. Ooh. It could happen. It could happen, man. Have faith. Okay, I'm going to pray to Taylor Swift that this goes through. <laughs> oh, 16. Oh, oh, so close. She failed me. Oh. <laughs> So you are prone. It yanks yanks you off your feet, and you just slam down on your back. Uh, So, yeah. I I finally finally got a couple of hits in. I mean, they're not great, but I got a couple of hits in. I think this is like the... The first time I've taken damage in the like out of the last one and this one, this is the first time my character's actually been a bit. Uh, I will. Uh, I can. I can change that if uh, you'd like. No, I actually appreciate this way. This way is a good way to go forward. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, so that was three impulse attack for them. So they will get a chance to go again at eight. Now, how that works? If, for example, you go on impulse eight and it takes multiple impulses. So, for example, if they they have a three impulse attack, they attack again on impulse eight. That means they won't act again until impulse three because they'll act on eight, one, and two. So it carries over round to round. Okay. Okay. So they won't act again until impulse three of the following round. Awesome. So that's how how that works. (sighs) I guess it's old Jack's turn. That's right. So Jack has uh, he has a hand a, a pistol in hand, mm-hmm. and I can either free action draw and shoot, or can I use this to just pistol whip, use it as a club? Yeah, I don't see why not. It's a massive wooden steel 
dragoon pistol, so sure. All right, well, I'll look down at the dog and say, I knew that you were trouble, and smack <laughs> it with the... Crack its skull open. That's right. All right. I just love how we've devolved into Taylor Swift quote. That's the whole thing. What have I done? And All right, I rolled a 16, and my hand-to-hand is 14. All right. So that's an average success. Roll your damage. In this particular instance, what's your unarmed damage? 1d4? I believe so. Let me check. Yes, my unarmed is 1d4. I'm going to call it, since you have something in your hand, we'll call it 1d4 plus 2. Okay. Just because you, you succeeded, you're going to bring that thing down on its head. Let's see what happens. Three. That's good enough. Right. I mean, these are basically mooks. So, okay. yeah, you you crack its skull, and it, it just yelps and drops. Look what you made me do. And they are done. So, unfortunately, uh, well, old Doc, you are currently prone. Can I fire from, oh, no, you know what? Because they're they are turn eight, I'm going to stand up, and then I'm going to shoot. Standing up will take one impulse. It will take one impulse because essentially shift, you know, shifting your stance, essentially either dropping prone or standing up, it takes an impulse. Yep. So, you uh, you hop back on your feet, mm-hmm. which I think I take another. Does your pistol whip? How many turns was that to? Um, was, it would be. I would count it the same as an unarmed attack. Uh, I'm not sure what your character says for unarmed. Unarmed says three impulses. Okay. So, yeah, it, it essentially, it's not just a straight attack. I'm, this is a sin of him essentially grappling with the dog a little bit and just beating it on the side of the head mercilessly with the butt of the gun. So while he's making a dog into pulp... It's, it's sort of the back to... and forth of the combat as opposed to just like a single straight-up action. Yeah. I'm going to take the time. Stand up. Well, that means you get to go again on impulse seven, I think. Yes, so then I'm going to fire it up. Probably. Uh, do not, again, do not fail. You have no hero points remaining, yeah. and you're using a blast weapon in an enclosed space. Davery, do you have any Taylor Swift quotes to go along with? Do you have any short? last words? <laughs> yes, sparks fly. <laughs> uh, and this is why I'm not going to continue this as a campaign, <laughs> because I don't want you founding the Swiftian religion. We've completely changed listeners from <laughs> sorry, uh, RPG fans to Taylor our, Swift. Our holy symbol is just a guitar pick. <laughs> Okay. Unfortunately, that causes a severe clash with the Elvisians. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all out in Las Vegas. It's fine. <laughs> For some reason, though, they parachute in. They have paratroopers. It's weird. Anyway. Seven. Oh. Oh, wait, 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 though. It's a heavy weapon. So as long as I get a two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you got a bonus die? I got a bonus uh, die. Come on, baby. Two! A nine! Boom! It succeeds! And fire uh, it up! I hate you so much yes. right now. Yes! <sighs> close range, 2d8. Go um, ahead, let's see how... I mean, you're going to kill him, I have no doubt, but... Go ahead. Okay, let me find my d8. Thank you. Because <laughs> if you had failed, there's going to be a chance you set everybody on fire. Oh, ten points of damage again? Yeah, they're very, 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 very dead. All of them, or just... Uh, there are a couple remaining, but when Impulse 8 hits, they immediately sprint with their tails between their legs as fast as they possibly can because it smells like burning dog fur. Awesome. I, I also want to get out of here now if we can. So, so now that the, the action's over, can I use my abilities to remove the things from the car? I actually was looking up my abilities and I'm up from the car from the John Deere tractor. 
Um, <laughs> it was a tractor trailer. It's work. a big old truck. During a complex skill challenge based on technical skill, you're trained mm-hmm. to six. You're in your successful skill checks are worth one more success than normal, and also got gearhead. You gain a one plus step bonus on technical skill checks you make to maintain upper repair. Ah, right? so you guys actually could have succeeded even faster. Yeah. Based off of your talent. I'm going to remove this belt. I... I'm going to roll my. Honestly, you know what you're doing. Okay. Pulling a belt off of a truck is not going to be. You only really need to roll when it's dramatically appropriate. In this case, okay. there's no. You know, your character is well capable of removing a serpentine belt from a truck. Awesome. I'm not going to make you roll and say, oh, you rolled a you rolled a one, so you snapped the belt in half. Oh, that would, that would uh, particularly suck. You might throw things at me, like metal dice. Yes, uh, you have given me a plethora of those to throw. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you crawl up under the hood of this thing, choking on the fumes of burning dog, and uh, you remove the belt without any difficulty. It's in remarkably good shape. Just like the rest of this truck, the belt's still supple. It's not dried out. Honestly, it's almost like it came off the shelf. Awesome. And you you stick that in your backpack, and you look around. You know, you've got this truck. There's countless other other vehicles in here. It kind of brings a little tear. You can't hang around and, and do more salvaging, but you've got a mission. We may take a stop here on the way back just to pick up extra pieces for my, my dear. <laughs> It's 110 miles to Spokane. <laughs> you get a full tank of gas, half a serpentine belt. <laughs> it's not dark yet. Hit it. <laughs> and you step back out of the depot and you start making your way through the remains of uh, Moses Lake. You still hear the sound of some dogs barking off in the distance, but they may very well be warning each other because nothing else uh, Seems to approach. Maybe it's the fact that you smell like burning dog. The scent of char-grilled dog <laughs> fills the air. And on the other hand, if you want a meal, as long as you don't care that it tastes slightly like diesel fuel, <laughs> you know. But you uh, you make your way back through the town and out onto the highway, and off in the distance you see Abigail sitting there through the heat shimmer. So I guess we begin our long trudge back. And you huh? begin your long trudge back, which you will complete next time. So begins the long trudge back to Abigail and finishes the first episode of Alternity, Thunder Run. If you want to hear more, please find us on nerdsonearth.com, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any comments or have a game you'd like us to review, please contact us at thefortunesuntoldpodcast at gmail.com, the Fortunes Untold Facebook, or Twitter. Thank you for listening, and roll on. <laughs>